Big news in LA Clipper land as Eric Gordon is not going to be brought back. The Clippers will be shedding his salary. And some recent rumors, is Russ likely to come back? Were there actual real talks for Paul George and Scoot Henderson? Going to be joined by Howard Beck to talk about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the best place to get the best deals on last minute tickets. My name is Darian Viziri, born and raised in Los Angeles, been a Clipper fan for almost 19 years now, and very happily joined by NBA media member and frequent Locked On contributor. Now on this podcast for the third time this summer, Howard Beck. Howard, thanks so much for making the time. Uh, good to see you again, Darian. It's uh, it's been a few weeks. A lot has happened since the last time we spoke. Also, by the way, in the three months that I've been doing Locked On, I think the Clippers, at, at no worst, at no worst, Locked On Clippers is tied for the lead. I think in uh, Locked On Pods that I've been on. So uh, thank you for uh, for bringing me back a third time. I think uh, I'm now two hole punches shy of a free cup of coffee. <laughs> well, that's actually funny you say that because. Every time I say, okay, let's see if we can get Howard on Locked on Clippers, it's after Nick sends like the third or fourth email, say, please request Howard to be on your show. And (laughs) I I feel like I'm the last one. I thought I was going to be like in last place. So I'm happy you said that. But let's get right into it. So big news for the Clippers. There was a lot of conversation about Eric Gordon getting owed $20 million next season in the last year of his expiring deal. Um, We had a team option on it. And the last day to decide on that was Wednesday june 28th and the clippers elected not to bring him back um what do you think of the move i'll give my thoughts on it in a sec but what do you think of the move what really is the premise of it for the clippers a lot of fans were disappointed that we're basically in in hindsight we traded luke Kennard, and we got a lower pick for 27 games of eric gordon so people are saying it that way i on the other hand am a little bit happier it happened because i didn't really want eric back not anything personal just Thought it was a little redundant, but let me get your take on it, especially from the financial side. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, far be it for me to ever tell fans how they should feel about a deal, but I would just say that, you know, the sunk cost of acquiring him was about trying to do everything you could last season. And every season, and I'll say this about every team that is in this position, I've said this about the Lakers with LeBron, I've said it about the Warriors with Steph, I will say it as with the Trailblazers and, and Damian Lillard, when you have older stars, and the Clippers have two, you are always all in the cost of, of Luke Kennard, Luke Kennard's replaceable. The cost of moving back in the draft, seriously, who cares folks? Like you're not get whatever the difference is. That player is not making a difference in your championship uh, aspirations this coming season. And last season when you're all in and trying to still piece this together and do what you can in a, in another rough year with a lot of injuries, acquiring Eric Gordon made sense at the time. That they're not keeping him beyond this season, I think, to me, is kind of irrelevant. Now, it's relevant to the extent that they're losing some of their depth. And one of the things the Clippers had in uh, better supply than most teams last season, for all it was worth, was depth, right? 
it was not about their depth that when they lost, it was about their stars not staying healthy per usual. Um, so the reality is this, as everybody I'm sure is aware, new CBA kicks in on Saturday. That new CBA is incredibly restrictive and was aimed specifically at two teams that were flagrantly uh, just uh, dismissing every guardrail that the previous CBA had. And that was the Clippers and the Warriors spending hundreds of millions in luxury taxes, making everybody else in the league uh, very antsy about the, the disparity. And so the new CBA tries to tamp that down by taking away all kinds of other stuff. Steve Ballmer, Joe Lacob, you want to spend hundreds of millions out of your own pocket? Fine. But if you want to keep doing that, you're also going to start losing cap exceptions. You're going to lose the ability to do sign-in trades. You're going to lose uh, all kinds of other tools for improving your roster. So everybody is now trying to, to get their books in order. That's what's partially behind the Warriors swapping Jordan Poole for Chris Paul. That is certainly a, a lot of what just happened with Atlanta Flat out salary dumping John Collins, a still very good young player who's on a reasonable contract uh, and who they could have gotten a lot more for in the past. A lot of transactions that we've seen so far and that you will be seeing in the coming days are about teams trying to get their books in order to avoid all the penalties of being too high a spender in this new CBA. Eric Gordon, unfortunately, was a victim of that in this decision. Um, as Bobby Marks from ESPN has pointed out, it's going to save them about $110 million in luxury tax, but it's more than just that. It's the flexibility that the Clippers are trying to regain. And besides that, they have Terrence Mann. They have Bones Highland. They have a bunch of wings. Uh, they want to keep Russell Westbrook, which we'll get into. So, you know, at a certain point, it doesn't make sense to be paying $21 million for a 34-year-old Eric Gordon. Um, especially on a, on, a, on a team where you've, you've got so much tied up in two players. Like, the real problem was not Eric Gordon's $21 million, although that's high for who he is now. The real problem is that you have $91 million tied up in two players for next season. Like, that puts an incredible strain on your salary cap. Yeah, I agree with what you said about having those surplus of guards and wing players. I'm okay with losing Eric Gordon because I kind of wanted to give – Guys like Terrence Mann, more minutes. Guys like Bones Highland, more of a consistent role off the bench for us. Norman Powell, there's been rumors today, Mark Stein saying that the Clippers are looking to shop him, which disappoints me a little bit because I really like Norman Powell and I thought he yeah. was really good in his role off the bench. And then hopefully, my fingers crossed, I know, and I agree with your point on none of the players the Clippers would draft would probably be a relevant piece of the rotation this season. But someone who I really want to get more of a chance this season is Brandon Boston. He's in his third season He's about 6'6", long arms, and I think he can make more of a two-way impact than people think from what we've seen so far in his few minutes with the Clippers in the last couple of years. He has some good instincts off the ball defensively, so I kind of want to see us build, have a little bit of the future in mind as well, and Eric Gordon doesn't really allow us to do that. You mentioned that we save $110 million in luxury tax. That was the Bobby Marks figure, I believe, yeah. How big of a difference does that make for the remainder of the Clippers' offseason? Well, I mean, it relieves some of the pressure. Um, the fact that they are still shopping some of their veterans clearly means that they, two things. One, still have cost concerns and are trying to um, rein it in a little bit further. I haven't looked at what the, the numbers would be beyond uh, or, or in light of the Art Gordon decision. Um, but they, I think they probably still have a little more work to do to try to get things in order. Um, but also, you know, you're always kind of looking to rebalance or, you know, see if you can maybe, uh, you know, 
fill a different need. So um, this is a really important season. You know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, as you know, are in the last year of their deals. Uh, I don't know that the Clippers will really go to try to extend either of them. I don't think they will. We can talk about that as well. But this might, this is probably, probably the last go round for this group. Um, if it if it implodes again, I don't think we're going to see another sequel on this. So um, everything they're doing now, partially to get books in order, partially to avoid all these new penalties in the new CBA, partially to uh, rebalance the roster, I think, to give themselves the best shot at making a deep run finally. Last question before we move on. For all those people that were mad about us not getting anything for Eric Gordon, how much do you think we would have really gotten for Eric Gordon's $20 million contract expiring, trading it to some other team? Well, see, this is – it's a great question, actually. Um, they clearly tried. I have – like, that. you can you – can, Assume that without any sources whatsoever. You're always going to try to move the deal first, especially because there was, uh, you know, only a partial guarantee. Somebody else could have gotten the, the cost savings. There's, you know, X number of teams that have cap room to go dump a salary on. And those teams are also trying to be careful about uh, how they're managing their books. And, you know, those teams would probably rather spend that money on younger players. If you're 21 millions, you know, a lot, even after the, you know, I, I can't remember what the buyout figure is or the, the partial guarantee is, but um, it, it's not that easy. There aren't that many places to stash a guy, and you're usually having to send out something else to in, incentivize them. Clippers don't have anything else to send out to incentivize another team. Uh, you know, their, the, you know, picks are pretty much spoken for. That's right. But, yeah, overall, one thing I'm happy about with letting Eric Gordon go is Ty Lue loves his heavy guard lineups, and this reduces the chance of too many guards in a lineup. So happy about that. But coming up, going to be talking about the Russell Westbrook situation. It feels like a lot of these moves are being made to bring Russ back. Going to be getting into that coming up. Let me tell you a little something about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best daily fantasy app on the market. It's not a betting app. You place entries against prize picks projections and not actually other people. And if you're confused on how that works, let me tell you. All you got to do is pick two to six players and predict if they will score more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry, and prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. That includes the NBA, the MLB, college football, and all others, WNBA as well, and MLS. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals and currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Just download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price picks will give you $50. Don't forget, don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. All right. So Russell Westbrook, there's been a lot of conflicting reports. One though, that I saw your name on it saying Russ was likely to stay with the Clippers. So I was ecstatic to bring you on to talk about this exact thing. I heard some people referring to Lawrence Frank potentially liking what he saw from Russ, but wants to go a different direction with his point guard. I don't know how true those are, but 
let me hear it from your side. Uh, what have you heard? And what are the chances you think Russ is coming back? Yeah. I mean, listen, there's a, as per usual, I, I wish I could, I wish there were like a way to provide a, a reading guide to all NBA fans and especially all NBA fans on Twitter as to how to interpret certain things. Because once the aggregation accounts get hold of stuff, everything gets just spun out of control, exaggerated. Um, I had a story for GQ Sports earlier in the week where I simply was noting some things that I'd heard from a bunch of people. I'd kind of canvassed the league over a few days to just to kind of do a setup piece that was bridging the draft to free agency and where things are headed this offseason. And so you're, you're sharing what you hear, and it's like the, the general consensus from the people I talked to was, yeah, seems likely the Clippers and Westbrook are going to stay together. Um, that's all it was. If I thought it was like something – definitive if i thought it was something that was headline worthy i could have made a headline of it myself i could have tweeted it myself and say sources are telling i, I don't it it wasn't that big of a deal like it's it's also by by the way just common sense it doesn't become a big thing until and i'm not going to name any of the dumb aggregation accounts but until one of these dumb aggregation accounts decides to clip one sentence attach my name to it not linked to the story that it came from by the way thanks guys um, and then blow it up. And the next thing you know, my mentions are filled with a bunch of people screaming at each other over whatever it was uh, that they liked, disliked, or otherwise about the report. Let's go through this real quick on Russell Westbrook. Let's do it. So forget whether the Clippers, forget about all the other stuff, like Intel type stuff. Let's just use common sense for a minute. Cause there's, there's certain cases where these things are almost self-evident. This is my process of elimination exercise, and it applies to Russell Westbrook at this stage of his career, this late stage of his career. Look at the teams that have no need for Russell Westbrook. He just doesn't fit, or they can't pay him beyond the minimum anyway, right? Because the Clippers, if they're going to lose him, it's going to be because someone else can pay him more, right? There are 11 teams in the East at minimum that definitely do not need or could afford to spend on Russell Westbrook. That's Milwaukee, Boston, Cleveland, the Knicks, the Nets, the Hawks, the Raptors, the Pacers, Wizards, Hornets, and Pistons. Some of those teams I'm naming because they are blowing it up in rebuilding mode and, and there's, it doesn't make sense for them to go there. Some of those teams I'm naming because they're already set at point guard. Some of those teams I'm naming because of all kinds of combinations, including they don't have the means to pay him more than like the minimum or the mid-level, or they have their own tax concerns. So there's 11 teams in the East right off the top I would eliminate. I will eliminate 13 of the Western Conference teams right off the top. That's Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, Phoenix, Golden State, the Lakers, <laughs> obviously, Minnesota, Oklahoma, New Orleans, Dallas, Utah, Portland, and San Antonio. If you want to ask about any of those, I have reasons for all of them. But that's 13 more. So that's 24 teams I've already eliminated. That leaves five. And Philly I have only left out of the initial conversation because if, if, if James Harden left, and I don't think he's going to, maybe out of desperation the Sixers would, but I don't think so. So now you got four teams left outside of the Clippers that could possibly chase Russ. Miami, Chicago, Phoenix, and Orlando. Orlando's got a lot of cap room, but is Russell Westbrook going to the Magic, a rebuilding young team to go play with Bancaro and Wagner, or uh, Wagner, I should say? It, it, are, 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 are the Magic in the market for a Russell Westbrook given the youth of their cast? They could use a point guard to pull it all together. I think Fred Van Vliet would be fabulous there, but like Westbrook? does not make sense there. So knock Orlando off. We're now down to three teams. Is Russell Westbrook going to Phoenix on a minimum contract with three other ball dominant players? One of whom Kevin Durant fled Westbrook years ago. Don't don't think so. so you can take the Suns out. 
So that leaves the Bulls. Are the Bulls are in the market for a, a, a Russell Westbrook? T- I mean, they could use a point guard. They've had some issues at, at the position, and, and Lonzo Ball's out again. But is Westbrook going to Chicago to play with ball-dominant Zach Levine and high-usage DeMar DeRozan? Like, I don't see that either. So now it's down to Miami and the Clippers. And I think Miami is waiting on Damian Lillard and would prefer to go that route. Miami has its own cap concerns, and I don't know that they can offer a ton. But I, I would say, when it all comes down to it, the Heat are the only team I think really, truly is competition for the Clippers. And that's even just speculatively. I don't know that Miami's even going after him, even though the aggregators will probably now say, Howard Beck thinks uh, Miami is uh, in competition with the Clippers. Um, so there you go. Um, I've eliminated almost the entire league as logical landing places for Russell Westbrook. So yeah, uh, the Clippers can't pay him much more than, than the, uh, you know, usual stipulated raise based on the the CBA, but it's the most logical conclusion. Yeah. I mean, I really hope Russ is down to take that smaller contract. The two teams that obviously I think are the highest, uh, the the highest chance would be Miami and and Chicago. I know you dismissed Chicago, but, I don't know. I feel like he could be down, maybe. He could be down. I feel like they could use a point guard, especially with the Lonzo Ball situation. And even though DeRozan and Levine are fairly ball-dominant, I mean, Kawhi and Paul George are, I wouldn't say super ball-dominant, but they're they're of a similar mold, and they're both score-first wing guys, but they're better. And, of course, you have the home angle here. I was going to say, uh, but at, at the end of the day, one place is home and the other place is not and is fairly far from home. So, like, again... Is it the consensus among people I talked to around the league that he was going to stay? Yeah, but it's also just common sense. Yeah, and also an upgraded version. You know, he's got a real championship chance with the Clippers. The Bulls, I mean, maybe a second-round team at best. Yeah, and, and he's late in his career. Like, what is he going What is he going to the Bulls to accomplish? Help them get to seventh place instead of eighth? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> sound that great. But So hopefully, fingers crossed, we get Russell Westbrook back. But coming up. Some wind about PG. Every single time you've come on the show, it's been different news about PG. First time it was he's not going anywhere. Second time is he's being shopped. I wanted to hear about the potential for PG and what the talks were with Scoot Henderson, potentially, or the Blazers. Going to be talking about that coming up. But before we do that, I got to tell you about game time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, to close it out, so Paul George... There was another report that had your name on it from the the famous aggregators talking about that Paul George and Scoot was thrown around there, but nothing really materialized. Uh, any intel on that and how close the Clippers were to potentially giving Paul George up for a young player and thus breaking up the 2-1-3 duo? 
So you recall, um, it's great that I get two segments to rant about dumbass aggregators. Um, you'll recall the last time I was on the show, I mentioned to you, keep an eye on Paul George. Um, right. And, and at that time, what had been conveyed to me was they're going to at least see what's out there. They're not fully committed to keeping the, 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 the two stars together for the coming season. They did their due diligence. They did have discussions, including with Portland, about the possibility of, of a Scoot Henderson trade, you know, once it was clear that they were getting or, or just a trade for the third pick, which, of course, became Scoot Henderson. Um, when that didn't happen, by the next morning after the draft, um, I was talking to some people, including some of the folks I talked to the first time. We're saying it, 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 I think they're pulling back on this. Like they've gauged the market. And, and the, the word that, that uh, one of the people had given to me was like, Bomber had given the okay to the front office to gauge Paul George's value and see if there was a sensible deal out there. They weren't satisfied with the kinds of things they heard. And the thing, like I said, so this is now last, last Friday, so almost a week ago, um, I was basically told, you know, it sounds like they're running it back don't expect big deals out of, out of the Clippers. Um, by the time I heard that, the first thing I had said about Paul George being on the market had already been picked up by one of the other dumb aggregation accounts. And so by Saturday morning, they were using information that I'd said on a different podcast a couple days before. And that was by, that was out of date by the time they aggregated it. Like, it's just, it's all just so incredibly stupid. Um, I don't think, so at the, at, the, at the moment that you and I are, are speaking here, a day in advance, a day and a few hours in advance of free agency opening, Paul George is not being actively shopped. I still believe, and again, this is just belief on my part, this is not intel, that if the right thing came along, they would do it. I don't believe they're absolutely married to those two for another season, though it looks like that's where they're headed. The likelihood is that they will just try this one more time and hope that they stay healthy, get healthy, remain healthy. Like, that's the hope. But I, I, I don't think there's – like, you can't assume anything permanent about a team that has, again, two guys making a combined $91 million who have not been able to stay healthy and where every season has been some bad rerun of the prior. So, um, you know, look, if this team's healthy, and that's been the biggest if of the last four years – they're a top three, top four team in the West. I believe that. If they're healthy and if they haven't had to sacrifice too much of this depth to the salary cap gods, then could they be making a deep playoff run next spring? Absolutely. I've always believed that. I've always believed in the idea of this Clipper team, if not the actual reality of it. As far as the PG and, and Scoot thing, do you think that the Clippers weren't satisfied with uh, what they were hearing or were the Blazers not really willing to part with, with Scoot Henderson? Because this whole Damian Lillard thing is getting very weird. I mean, yeah. are they going to run it with Damian Lillard and a young player? Are they going to look to chop him for depth? I mean, this is a player that was really hyped up coming out of the G League in this draft. Um. I'm a big believer in Scoot Henderson. I spent time with him a couple of years ago for a big feature that I did uh, for Sports Illustrated on Scoot. Uh, I spent time with him and his family, and and this is when he was had just finished his junior year of high school, but was skipping his senior year to go straight to the to the G League to the Ignite. And um, he's just a, he's a really impressive player and a really impressive uh, person. Great family. Um, I'm a big believer, but he is 19. He's 19, and 19 year olds don't in this league generally influence winning at the highest level that goes for his part for, for him being in Portland and whether or not Damian Lillard is going to be satisfied. 
then that would be the same case if he were in a trade to you know a team like the Clippers. Like a 19 year old doesn't win at a high level in this league. It just is extremely rare. Uh, LeBron James didn't even make the playoffs his first season in the league. Of course, he came in at 18. But um, I, I don't know how far those talks went. I mean, again, this is the 25th paragraph or something of a, of a broader story that I did where I said that there was discussions. It wasn't a big deal. It only looked like a big deal because the aggregation accounts decided to turn it into something and have everybody go into a feeding frenzy. Um a lot of conversations happen all the time. And if we reported all of them, there would just be an endless flow of aggregator headlines. Yeah. You know, you're right about the the whole 19 year old thing. I, I guess the part of me as a fan thinking that this two on three era is kind of cooked and want to look forward to something new was really eager to potentially get a player like that. But yeah, as you said, if the plan is to run it back, then I, it doesn't really make sense for Kawhi to pair him with a 19-year-old as opposed to Paul George. My only concern is when we're talking about shopping Paul George, I don't think you're going to get a better offer than that because I don't think you're going to get a star that's even close to of equal value for Paul. I could be wrong on that, but I just don't see that. Like I don't see them bringing in a guy that could pair up with Kawhi Leonard better than Paul George. It would be tough. It would be tough because of the obvious age, injury, history, contract. Um He's on an expiring deal, which can cut both ways. Um, it's a short-term risk if you're the team that's acquiring him. On the other hand, if he walked after a year, if it was a city he didn't really want to live in, then whatever you gave up in the trade, you're, you're, you're losing. It doesn't mean it couldn't happen. Um, but yeah, like the, the alternatives are, obviously aren't great because he's still there. The offers, if there were offers or whatever the conversations were, obviously weren't intriguing enough because he's still there. And again, I did not report, nor am I saying now that they could have gotten scoot for him. It was a conversation and one that I put in like the 25th paragraph. (laughs) Yeah. And also about Paul George. I mean, when healthy to me, he's still a top 15 to 20 player in the NBA. I mean, he's still a great player when he's healthy. Now, my last question before we let you go is the Malcolm Brogdon trade that, that didn't happen. Do you think that's a sign to Clipper fans that, we are running it back. We are looking to get players that can help right now. Because when I think of Malcolm Brogdon, I think of a, you know, I wouldn't even call him a vet because he's only been in the league for seven years, but he obviously spent multiple years at Virginia. So he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's definitely a player, obviously won six man of the year with Boston last season, can come in and help right away as opposed to going a different direction. Do you think that that trade attempt was an indication that the Clippers are trying to run it back to all the fans and to all the, I guess, all the people that are reporting on this? I think the Brogdon uh, near deal or failed deal, aborted deal, said a bunch of things. Um, Yeah, I think he fits well, would have fit well with their two stars and is probably more along the lines of a run it back agenda than not. I think it's a hedge against Russell Westbrook leaving. Um, It doesn't mean you couldn't have kept Westbrook also. Um, it probably says a little bit about how they feel about Terrence Mann and Bones Highland too, to be honest, but it also says something about the players that they were trying to offload, right? Like they're again, getting their books in order was a big part of, and remains a big part of everything that they're doing, all the conversations they're having. And so you can't minimize that part of it either. I I would have liked that deal for them. I I thought that would have been, that would have been a nice, uh, a nice move. Yeah, and it would have gotten rid of Marcus Morris's contract, which I know the Clippers are still going to be looking to move off of. But thanks so much. This was this was really good. Great information, great insight, as usual. Uh, before we get out of here, let people know where they can find you and your work. 
Still uh, at Howard Beck on Twitter, still writing for GQ Sports at GQ.com, and still, for the moment at least, bouncing around the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks so much. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA sports and NBA history content. And of course, make sure to subscribe to Locked On Clippers. You can follow it on all your favorite podcast platforms. And make sure to comment. On today's pin question, what do you think about Eric Gordon being no longer on the Clippers? Thank you, everybody. Have a great weekend.